Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Justin Smith. And Carson Wood. Woo! What happened to Flying Smitty? He's here still. Is he? Yeah, in spirit. Nice. In spirit. I figure, you know, people aren't going to know me by my real name unless I tell them what it is. It is your real name now. It. You have adopted it. It is you. You, you are. What's good? What's going on? Uh, UFC uh, Fight Night Nashville. I told you it was going to be a good card. I was like, hey, you know what? A lot of these cards that don't look like they're going to be that great are a lot more fun than people give them credit for. I mean, I guess I'd have to go back and listen. I don't know if I said it wouldn't be fun. It just does. It was almost meaningless as of right now. There's not a, not a lot to move the needle other than platinum. I mean, it's not technically meaningless. I, I Kinta hadn't fought in two years. Now we've got a million sound bites from him because he loves to run his mouth. OSP's back in the mix after a really bizarre choke. Uh, Dodson Wineland is nothing to even care about. Ray looked good. Lozon looked really old, which I didn't expect. I expected a Lozon to get, look old, but not that old. He only had enough energy for round one, and then he was done. Ellenberger Perry was absolutely awesome. Lettuce, Alvi kind of blew. Moreno, Brandon Moreno, that's a huge fight. Taylor, meh. Um, we saw the woman with the, the worst striking in UFC history in uh, Cindy Dandois or whatever her name I is. I didn't get to see that one. I'm have to go back and watch it. Brian Barbarena and, and, jo- and Joe Proctor was awesome and so was Sandoval Sch- Schnell, man. From start to finish, there was two boring – well, one – I didn't see Holtzman McBride, but apparently Holtzman just punched McBride for 15 straight minutes and freaking Bert McBride just took it and didn't go down. Yeah, the Davis-Dandois fight wasn't very good, and it was controversial in the finish. The Pene, uh, yeah, Taylor fight, latest Alvi fight were not that great, and then the Donson-Wideland uh, fight wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them, super solid. All of them more or less had finishes. Uh, Brian Moreno <clears throat> reminded me a lot of uh, Yair, Rodriguez, Yair Rodriguez in mm-hmm. this fight, only because he was losing, he was getting out-muscled by Ortiz, and then he ended up using Ortiz's strengths against him to get him in the submission. Um, and it reminded me very much of, of Yair Rodriguez a couple times with wrestlers kind of being manhandled and, and pushed around and then using his strengths to basically bait them into into submitting them. And Moreno looked really good. He looked comfortable in the clinch. Um, even though he was losing the clinch to Dustin Ortiz, um, and I mean, that's another ranked opponent that he's beat. So he's beat Smolka and he's beat Dustin Ortiz who are both ranked mm. and he's what four fights into the UFC, which is super impressive. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I guess like you said, there wasn't any reason to be invested in this card. Dodson Wineland doesn't do much. Uh, I akin to Sanchez somewhat does Swanson Lobov doesn't do anything. I'm not usually one for calling. For the retirement, quite like you, mm-hmm. you usually climb for it before the fact. This one's going to be a a post recommendation. I think Diego Sanchez has to be done. He should have been done a long time ago. Um, those, I don't think I've, because usually you almost like clip somebody to knock him out, mm-hmm. um, or it's just like a really quick flush shot. The Iaquinta ones were almost not slow. But they were so precise and just the whole fist three times. Yeah. Well, the set, the third one wasn't really like clean, but those two that like really knocked him down were such clean shots. 
I don't know, man. I, I just... And the movement wasn't there to even get out of the way. I mean, that's part of the reason that they landed so flush. He got caught against the fence and just drilled. Uh, apparently, he was taking some kind of supplement to help with brain injury. That's supposed to... This? Yeah. That doesn't help. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But he was saying he was taking it after, and there was they had some kind of link to it. I looked at it a little bit. But it's supposed to help with CTE. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, after, you know, I've been taking these, and even after the knockout, my brain still feels fine. And it's like, dude, your brain's never been fine, first off. You're a kook. Secondly, you're a great fighter. But, yeah, him and Lozon, man, it's about time for them to step down. Lozon, if you can't, I mean, Ray's only got four fights in the UFC, and they were kind of against nobodies. And so as soon as those young guys start building their name on you, you know, I, I Kinta kind of already built his name, and he had two two years off, so the Sanchez fight somewhat made sense, other than for poor Sanchez. But <clears throat> Lozon, Lozon was slow, man, and he gassed in the first. And we're talking Lozon, who was on tough two after he had already tapped out Jens Pulver. Was it three? He was in it with Michael Bisbing. He was in it with... Was, no, with BJ Penn and Jens Pulver were coaches. Because he he's the one that beat Jens Pulver. Before they went into the house. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm actually not opposed to that one either, in all honesty. I'm really not opposed to... It's actually tough five. Um, I was going to say that, but I wasn't 100% confident. Yeah, that was way off. It was the Nate Diaz one, too, with all of them. That was actually maybe the second best season ever, apart from the first as far as just pure entertainment. Not necessarily skilled, but... Um, no, I, I'm honestly fine with Lozon also being done. Um, I didn't get to watch that fight in particular. I saw the other ones on the main event. Um, who are who are you most impressed by? Perry or Ayakinta? Out of those two? You can give me overall, but... Perry, I, overall Moreno, by far. Because he, he's unranked. Ortiz was ranked. Ortiz was beating him in the first round. And he played to his strengths and ended up winning in round two over a more seasoned wrestler. And so, I mean, that's who out of this entire card, by far, I was the most impressed with. Um, Perry, secondly, but I mean, they they put him against Ellenberger intentionally based on the fact that they knew that they were just going to go out and just bang. Ellenberger did try and take him down, you know, initially, and he couldn't do it. I mean, well, he did, and then Perry got back up. But the thing is, is Perry's an unlikable person, but a really likable fighter. He doesn't want to wrestle. He's almost like a better striking Chuck Liddell, where he's like, cool, I'll know, I'll learn enough takedown defense to be able to get up to box. And that's all I want to know about takedowns, is just enough to get me back up so I can, so I can box. He just... As corny as it sounds, just like he reminds me of the dirty and griminess of like inner city America. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean for this to Urban sound like America. prejudice against like gender or not gender, excuse me, like uh, classes and things like that. But like that's that's the thing you get from like the South Americans, like uh, Dos Santos. They come from just the hard knocks and. And I feel the same way about the Diaz brothers. And we don't really have that. We get like the Sage Northcuts who are great athletes, but it's like just really happy to be there. Just bobbing mm-hmm. head. But like Perry, the Diaz brothers, they just seem like hardened individuals that are just, they do want to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if the Diaz brothers necessarily want to hurt people. They just like to fight. I legitimately think he wants to hurt everybody that he goes against. 
And I don't know if I like that or dislike it because I like MMA as a sport. And I guess I originally got into it to watch people get hurt. I guess I don't know, but he, I don't know if that makes sense at all. But like, he seems like he is legitimately. Somebody put it on on uh, Reddit. Um, like th- three of his knockouts, somebody's brain did a complete reboot. Like just completely, he flatlines people. That's like Danny Roberts, and I thought that was a dark horse fight of the year candidate last year, him versus Danny Roberts in like London. And I could just imagine him going to London and people looking at him and being like, what in the hell? But, <clears throat> and of course his, his freaking training partner and the guy that used to corner him is the dude that got busted for um, domestic violence and being super racist in his commentary about the large Korean dude not being able to see him or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people, including Izzy on, on Twitter, are like, make sure your white hoods are starched. If there's a win, we're going to have ourselves a bonfire <laughs> and just make fun of him for being super, just, just white trash. And not only just white trash, but almost like just straight up racist. And you, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's the kind of dude that would say the really dumb and inappropriate things. And would probably be the kind of dude that you'd see in the, if he wasn't fighting, would be like, this is the dude that ended up shooting three people yeah. in a gas station robbery for $200. Like, this is how I would kind of like, I would put the difference between, it's like on this card, you have of American fighters, you have like Joe Lozon, who's almost the nerd that treats it like statistics and mm-hmm. probabilities and technique. I'm not saying that he is not smart or technical in any way, shape or form, but just like their mentalities, mm-hmm. like, they just come from different backgrounds and you can just see it just by looking at them. It's almost like Damian Maya against Maquiel Falcao or Jorge Masvidal. I was thinking more Brazilians, but <laughs> oh. I was comparing them to, uh, but, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause Falcao got in. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's the one that just looked mean as hell and then mm-hmm. got the domestic violence charges as well. And then I think he was the one that was, uh, he was actually on house arrest for five years. And so that's why he can't fight anymore. Yeah. I think, but that's, like I don't know. Tiago Santos who just, Tiago Santos who just looked mean as hell. Yeah. That's another one. Um, I do like him in the mix though. Now, um, I think he's going, he will not back down from anybody No, and he's a guy that you can like to see to lose. We'll see. Maybe he actually wins some fans over. I, I mean, I honestly don't care one way or another. I'm excited to see him fight from here on out. If his name is on a card, I'll, I will make sure to at least watch that fight. Uh-huh. Because he is that exciting. All of his fights, even his loss to Alan Joban, was an exciting fight. I mean, it was back and forth. Joban basically <clears throat> learned his weaknesses and ended up beating him by a narrow division. A narrow. He beat the hell decision. out of him. Yeah, he beat. He got some flush shots on him, and he ate them all. Mm-hmm. And he just he kept was, coming forward. He was kicked in the head. Twice, I think, like flush, like he. But he knocked down Joban too. I mean, he didn't knock him down; he buckled him. I think and then we he get got back up, almost like four good years out of him. It's like it's like uh, you know, we've seen with, with with Liddell. There's a breaking point for your brain, and if he's take, taking those, unless your name is uh, Roy Nelson, but um, if you're taking <laughs> those kind of shots, man, I just, I think there's just going to be a point where it's it's almost like bamboo stick just bending and bending and bending and bending and then one day it was just going to snap and he's going to get hit by one of those shots that he hit Ellenberger with and it's going to be all over. It's almost I think he will be pretty much Ellenberger's story. 
he's going to skyrocket into almost title contention. And I, I don't think he'll ever get there. And I think he'll peter out. Uh, he's basically Chuck Liddell, but Chuck Liddell won the belt. Um, and I think, I think Perry back in that day when it was all strikers versus wrestlers could have been very, very successful. Um, I don't see him beating a Gunnar Nelson. I don't see him beating a Donald Cerrone. I don't see him beating a Neil Magny. Basically, anyone that can out-wrestle him. I would, a lot of people will say they want to see him versus Matt Brown. I want to see him versus Masvidal. Who's at 15. Masvidal, I think, would outbox him. I'd love it. Um, I think that would be a super fun fight to watch. Um, there's not, I mean, there's nothing but going up, right? If Rod, Robbie Lawler did, does decide to come back or stay around and doesn't come back for a year, and Matt and uh, Perry can beat, you know, basically two people, right? I would. He could get a. Could you imagine him and Robbie Lawler going at it? I would be insanely excited though for him versus Matt Brown. That would be my next. If I actually did, Hellenberger ran through Brown. Huh? Well, I think Brown is went like their 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 trajectories were like this. Do you think Brown actually fights or actually boxes him? I mean, everyone else, he yeah, just, that guy he just wrestles. Because Matt Brown beat Stephen, or yeah, Stephen Thompson because he wrestled him. He didn't want to strike with him. Uh, I think he still would strike with with Thompson. I, I mean, he obviously he's going to do what he needs to do to win. Yeah. Um, and I, I, Thompson's different. Thompson is crafty. He's just yeah. Well, it, it, it's all distance. Like you have to close. Like if he's getting. If he's getting within range to strike with Thompson, he's been hit three times. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he rushes him and takes him down, that's completely mm-hmm. is is neutral for Thompson at that point. But Perry, yeah, I, I think they they I think obviously it's going to go to the ground, but they swing. Matt Brown's not afraid of anybody either. That's why no. I'm, I th- I would love to see. Um, they need to be like the either the third fight or the co-main event, and just. Give them a, a platform to just yell at each other. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. You need to put that on Fox. You need to win a lot of fans. But mm, that's not the fight. That's maybe not the not. fight they it, want. It, on Fox. Maybe because tra- I, I don't think Matt Bounds trashy. He's Southern. Mike Perry's trashy, straight up. Uh, so in the main event, Cub Swanson and Artem Lobov had the second most strikes, significant strikes landed. 332 significant strikes. All of them were uh, Swanson's, I assume? Uh, 209, does from Lobov, Swan, 209 from Swanson. Does Lobov throw significant strikes? <laughs> Ice picks. <laughs> 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 and then uh, they, they were beat by Nate Diaz, Donald Cerrone at UFC 141. Mm-hmm. And that had 334. So they only, they only got beat... Yes. They only got beat by two significant strikes. That's probably what they were going for. They decided for the beginning. Yeah, they said, all right, we got five rounds. We got to get as many. You got to pull your punches at the last second. As many significant strikes. Just don't don't turn it. (laughs) (laughs) So my dog's trying to get in the the room because the door won't close. And all I did is put a, uh, a tool bag in front of the door. And the thing is, is that tool bag, that's probably the most amount of and work. And boy, is my butt getting sore. Yeah. <laughs> Put a tool. Um, and that's probably the most amount of work that those tools have seen since <laughs> I purchased. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no, I mean, I watched this fight. 
I knew how it was going to end. Anyone that thought that Swanson was going to be it was going to finish Lobov is crazy. No, I it's mean, not that crazy. Lo, I mean, Lobov's wrestling is good enough to keep Swanson from submitting him, and you're going to have to hit that dude with a Mack truck to knock him out. I don't think so. I do. I don't think I did. I didn't think that Swanson had the power to knock him out, and I was somewhat correct. Because mm. he didn't finish him. Give me five more rounds of it. Let's see if it happens. Oh no! Who cares? <laughs> Let's you just don't want to see it. No, I you don't, don't want to see it. You don't want to be proven wrong. I don't want to see it. I knew from the beginning that that was going to go to decision, and I knew that Cub was going to win by decision. Um, people are getting butt hurt by people that were saying that Cub was going to win by decision because they thought that they were underestimating Artem, and it's like, no man. We're, we're giving him credit that he's not going to get finished by the number four person in that division. Like him losing by decision means he makes it 25 minutes with one of the baddest men on the planet and Cub Swanson. And so it, that cheers to Artem Lobov. I mean, he had a cut underneath his eye. Neither of them looked that bad. Also but, a cut on his eyelid. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. But uh, what's, <clears throat> what's next for Cub Swanson? I don't know. Max Holloway, he's already lost to Frankie Edgar. I don't think he's fought Ricardo Lamas, right? I don't think so. Max Holloway just give us the actual Anthony Pettis and uh, Jose Aldo fight. Yeah, the one that doesn't end in freaking thirteen seconds. Not even (laughs) that. It wasn't even that. They circled for like what seven, and then Cub goes in for a shot, and he just double knees him. Give us that fight again, but in the UFC. There we go. Cub Swanson beat Ricardo Lamas. Wait, no. A win. Ricardo Lamas beat Cub Swanson by submission. This was in 2011. Mm-hmm. So you could easily have those two fight again. Um, he could. I don't want to see him fight Frankie Edgar again because I imagine it. I imagine it ending the exact same way. Um, you could also give him the next title shot, either against Holloway or Jose Aldo after their next fight at like what is it two fifteen or whatever it is. But if Jose Aldo becomes dominant, there's going to be another freaking hold on that division. Um, I would like to see that again. Um, I would like him to rewind that one regardless of if Jose wins or lose. They haven't fought since 2009. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even in the UFC. Yeah, it was the WEC before that all went down. And that, I mean, Cub Swanson's come a long way since then. I still think Jose Aldo's fast enough to outstrike him, and sure. I don't think Swanson takes him down. So I think I give it to Jose Aldo. I do give Swanson a chance against Max Holloway, though. And I would like to see him fight Ricardo Lamas again. So I guess out of anyone in that division, he actually has a lot going for him. He's not Frankie Edgar, who's basically beat everyone in that division other than Jose Aldo. And he's never going to get another title shot. And Max Holloway beats Jose Aldo, and then he gets an immediate title shot, I think. Frankie does. But Jose's beat him twice. Yeah. And both times, we thought it was close, but everyone else was like, oh, Jose won easily. Do you ever be interested in seeing Frankie go up again? Or do you think he has to be featherweight? At lightweight? I, I think with how fast the lightweight division is getting... That they're getting faster and bigger. Tony Ferguson's very fast. Barbosa's very fast, but I mean, I think Fra- I think Frankie beats everybody, but probably Khabib and Connor and Ferguson. I think he beats Alvarez. I think he beats RDA. I think he beats 
I don't know if he beats Barbosa, but I think he could if he just grabs him. I mean, it's the same thing with Yair Rodriguez, right? If Frankie gets hands on Yair, it's going to be a long night for Yair Rodriguez. And I think he does. But uh, Michael Johnson, that one would be interesting because they're both wrestlers, but I think he outstrikes Johnson. Michael Chiesa, I think he outstrikes. He just seems... Seeing him at featherweight, he seems really small for some of these lightweights. Like, he he would seem small against Poirier. He would seem small against Diaz. He would seem really small against Johnson. He looked small against RDA, even though... And he looked small against Ferguson. So, I, I mean, I don't know if he could go up again. Most of those guys are, are kind of shifting the lines between welterweight and lightweight, too. I think RDA is going up, right? Yeah. Cerrone did. I mean, he, I, they never yeah. fought, but like just looking at him in the same division, obviously Nate, like you said. Um, yeah, that's... It's weird how different that division is now. Thinking about it, when Frankie was champion, they had Ben Henderson, they had Gray Maynard, they had Michael Johnson was still in there, Nate Diaz was still in there, but I mean Barbosa, Barbosa was still there, but it, it seems like a very different, a very very <clears throat> different lightweight division than when. Frankie Edgar was there. I don't think it's that different. That's why it's my favorite division. Most of the guys that are good are still good. Um, that division's just, you're going to lose to somebody on your way up, and if you don't, you have to get a title shot. That's why it's absurd that Khabib and Ferguson both have not gotten a title shot yet. So Benson Henderson, loss, loss, Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar, BJ Penn, BJ Penn, Matt Veach, Sean Shirk, Hermes Franca. Gray Maynard, Spencer Fisher, Mark Bocek, Tyson Griffin. None of – he didn't – it's kind of a crazy thing that him and, and Gray Maynard were like the top of the top at that time in 2009. Mm-hmm. 2010 is when he won the, the title. And then he held it until 2013. I mean, but he – sorry, not until 2012. Until 2012, he lost it to Benson Henderson. But Benson Henderson was the one that was beating Anthony Pettis and was beating Donald Cerrone and all those guys to prevent them from getting a title shot. Who was? Uh, Benson Henderson. Beating Anthony Pettis? Well, Pettis beat him. Technically, they went back and forth. Pettis no. beat Pettis beat him. They've only fought the, twice. They beat the, him twice. Pettis didn't beat him twice. Benson Henderson? Benson Henderson beat Pettis the first time they fought in the WEC. Yes. No, that was for the that was WEC fifty three, and that was the cage kick, and then he was supposed he to be in the beat media. him in the WEC before that. Okay, I'll double check on that. All right, Benson Henderson WEC fifty three. He lost. Oh, doesn't have all of it. Benson Henderson beat Donald Cerrone. Oh, twice. Never mind. Sorry, I got him confused with Donald Cerrone. You're right. He beat Donald Cerrone twice. And then he lost to Anthony Pettis because Donald Cerrone Benson Henderson was like the biggest rivalry in the WEC in that division. That oh, what else was that? Was Benson Henderson than, Pettis? No, Cerrone. Oh, yeah, that yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, yeah, that is true. Because um, I was gonna say they only fought once, and the, the the it was the last card ever. But yes, that that is true. Um, but yeah, because that that's. And I've always said interesting. This. I thought they had fought one more time in the WEC. No, and that's that's why I think like I think that 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 weight division for the longest time has been the most compelling. Um, 
because there's we always talk about the rock paper scissors effect. It's like that whole division. Have you ever seen the rock paper scissors twenty? That's that division, man. It's you have twenty different ways to beat people, and you can play like you, they do have a bunch of different like hand signals for it for rock paper scissors. But there's like twenty, literally. That's that division. Anybody can almost lose to anybody. You've got um, you've got Anthony Pettis beating Henderson to you know, he gets a guaranteed title shot. But of course, the tie between Maynard and Frankie. Um, and then meanwhile, he loses to Clay Guida, but Benson Henderson just goes on a tear. It's it's an amazing division. You remember when freaking Clay Guida just came in and wrestled Anthony Pettis and made him look foolish? Yeah, we all thought that that whole division was a joke from the WEC, and then he came back and won the title, and Clay Guida's never even touched it. Yeah. Never yeah. even been in a title fight, right? The best thing that could have happened for him is losing to Clay, Clay Guida because eventually someone would have just come and out-wrestled him. But because Clay Guida did it, he had to basically change his entire game plan. Um, I just saw this. Speaking of um, Maciel Falcao, mm-hmm. he just fought again. In what? Uh, in Russia? F- yeah. M1? So he fought He fought a Mariv, I think the guy's name is pronounced, and uh, he beat him in December handedly. And then uh, I'm going to go back and watch this fight. So uh, allegedly the next time this Mariv guy, this was their second fight, um, he destroyed Falcao. And then the ref, they said inexplicably, inexplicably, inexplicably let the fight go for another 90 seconds. Oh. I want to go back and watch. I want to see how bad it is. They said it was egregious. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, that's somebody's life. You know what I mean? 90 seconds with just one of any of these guys, right? Any of these strikers for 90 seconds could kill you. I mean, they said Mike Tyson could punch the head off an eight-year-old with one of his punches. Mm -hmm. 90 seconds of letting someone just rain punches on you could legitimately end your life. Um, so let's talk Ally Akinta. Do you know all of everything that happened with him after the fight? Not really. Uh, you you kind of brushed me up a little bit, but but break it down. Um, so basically, he won. He beat Sanchez, but he didn't win a performance of the night bonus. Mm-hmm. So the first thing he did is retweet and say, F this UFC, you guys suck. And then he put F you UFC and basically just kept tweeting it. Then he did his post-fight press conference, and all he did is complain about the UFC not giving him a, 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 a performance of the night bonus. And then he went on the MMA hour, and he also complained about the UFC. And Dana White basically saying the best part is you know the, the drive home after a win or something like that. Um, but this is also after two years ago he did nothing but complain about the UFC not taking care of him. And then after his post-fight, in his post-fight interview, during his time in the Octagon, he said, I don't know, I'm, I'm still selling houses. You need to sell a house in New York, hit me up. So, I mean, he's not playing by the rules. And the interesting thing, and this is what I want to get your opinion on, uh, somebody on somebody on Twitter was like, well, at least Ally Akinta now has his shtick. Like, he's got he's got his thing. Um, how much of it do you think is Ally Akinta really being just completely disheveled with the UFC and being really mad? And how much of it is it just trying to draw attention to him and, and his fights? 50-50. I, I, yeah, I think he's, he seemed like he, he's a guy that probably doesn't take too much crap from anybody, as, like any of them. But I think he's also... I mean, the whole real estate thing, it, it legitimately just seemed like a... It didn't seem like he had planned it. It just seemed like he asked a question. He's like, I don't know, man. If you guys are selling a house, let me know. He looked like a guy that legitimately needed money, too. But the thing is, is Matt Serra and Dana White 
do looking for a fight, what, once a month? Mm-hmm. I akin to, you don't hear Aljamain Sterling complaining too much about the UFC. You don't see, you know, Ray Longo or Matt Sarah going on the show and, and complaining about the UFC. So, Ally Akinta, if you really wanted a voice with Dana White, all you'd have to do is be like, hey, Matt Sarah, who's with Dana White once a month for looking for a fight, how about you bring this up to him? Or how about, you know, you get me a sit-down meeting with him so we can discuss this? I mean, he's a lot closer to Dana White than than he makes it seem. And I believe that Matt Sarah's gym has a super good relationship with Dana White. Mm-hmm. Now, he might not. But I mean, the fact that no one else from that gym is complaining, and there's a, there's several fighters from that gym, it makes you wonder why he is doing that. And it might, it might be to just keep his name out there. You know what I mean? He he didn't fight in two years, so that's obviously something. There really was a contract dispute. You know, if he's going to sit for two years, but I don't know, man. I think it's a shtick. I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's somewhat of a show to, to get people to come in and watch him. Mm-hmm. So, or talk about him at least. Um, anything else on this card you want to talk about? OSP's win with a super weird choke. But what what do you think is next for him? Anybody at light heavyweight? Mm. I, offhand, I can't think of anybody. Um, just form that's available. Um, I think he's 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 a ways off the title. Mm-hmm. Un- usually, we actually people that fight for the title, we usually start kicking them right back into contention when they start stringing some wins together. I think he needs three solid wins because he's coming off three losses. Right? Unfortunately, one of them was to Jones, but and in the fight before this, he looked really bad. This fight, he looked a lot better. Um, Brandon Barberena also looked well, really good, except he fought a. Lightweight that came up to welterweight and someone that just stood in front of him and got punched, which definitely doesn't help him in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on from that, um, what other big news is there? Ben Askren talking about GSP being on steroids when I think it's just Ben Askren using someone else's name in order to, to bring himself back into the limelight. Well, he, I mean, he, he legitimately wants to fight GSP, I think. GSP outstrikes him, but Askren's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world and probably the best at that weight class. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a lose-lose for GSP, so it'll never happen. Um, King Mo dropped out of the Ryan Bader fight in Bellator, so Ryan Bader will be getting a shot at the title against Phil Davis. He's already beat Phil Davis in the UFC. Um, I think he actually out-wrestled him, or he outstruck. I, obviously, I don't know because I didn't watch it. It was a pretty boring fight. Um, but it was one or the other. He either outstruck him because Phil Davis could not wrestle him or he outwrestled the wrestler. And so it's, I don't know why they didn't set up that fight to begin with in Bellator. It was the biggest one. Maybe they wanted King Mo to lose to, to Ryan Bader. Um, and then come up and, and beat Phil Davis. But that's something, right? He is, uh, is uh, Phil Davis still wearing pink shorts? Most likely. Good for him. <laughs> Those got to continue. Do you see the Korean fighter um, Bang uh, was asked by police about throwing a fight intentionally or something like that during uh, 2013 fight? Mm-hmm. It was Bang and Kuntz, K U N T Z. So it looked like Bang, yeah, that's bang and Kuntz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so and apparently, what happened was is 
and I'm not sure why they started to investigate it, but they started to investigate it. He had to um, go in front of the police, and he basically said to the police that he was paid in order to throw the fight. This fight's on Fight Pass. I actually – go ahead. Why would you ever admit that? That's like one of the hardest things to prove unless it yeah. – Well, right. I, the fight's on Fight Pass, so anyone that wants to go see it can watch it. He definitely didn't throw the fight. I mean, he almost knocked the dude out three times, and then he got hit, and then it went to decision, which could have gone either way. So it's not like you can't purposely throw a decision when you've been out there trying to just well, take the guy I out mean, the entire time. It's like shaving points. No, but, I mean, he could have finished the fight in the first and second round. Like, Why didn't he? Yeah. The, and he tried to. Get you I nervous mean, with your new betting shtick? It was actually a pretty exciting Pretty exciting fight to watch. I'll be the judge of that. You don't go, think I'll watch it? I'll watch go, it. Go back and watch uh, Bank Cunts. <laughs> it's Tell a good, your wife. It's a big I'm telling big your yeah, she's, wife. She's going to be like, what have you been watching? Um, you like, know what really this made me just, the, all watching on Saturday, what it really just made me want to go do on Fight Pass? What? They just kept doing a good job of really selling me on going to watch Choi versus Swanson. Yeah. I'm going to do that. It's there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you didn't like it last year. You didn't think it was good technique. <laughs> it wasn't. It was sloppy. That's not true. It was absolutely sloppy. That's not true. You want to know the only thing that's sloppier? Top 25. Was it not good? I didn't watch it, but I read about it, and apparently Hector Urbina, who was in like Tough Brazil, missed weight. It had to leave, and then they had to bring somebody else in. ha <laughs> How do you want to have Brazilians yeah. missing weight? You want to have a redemption season and you can't even make weight? Like you were at one time in the UFC, you were a professional at the highest level <laughs> and you couldn't make weight. Oh yes, that's amazing. Um and then apparently the fight wasn't that great. Uh according to Reddit, and we haven't checked this source by any means, uh it was the lowest rating lowest rated show in series history the premiere uh-huh and i probably would have watched it but i forgot that what time it was at and i was actually working so yeah. it, it wouldn't have happened it's tomorrow night i mean i may watch that one but i really have no interest in it i do because i want to see I, I like the garbrandt tj or dillashaw um what do you nonsense. think about freaking Cody Garbrandt grabbing TJ Dillashaw by the neck. Dope. Why? Because they're 135 pounds. Nobody's getting hurt. It's fine. <laughs> I guess that's true. But, I mean, there used to be, like, complete rules that you weren't supposed to touch each other. Maybe not. I mean, just no one ever really did. So it's weird to me that Cody Garbrandt, like, the first episode of the season. And it's even more interesting to me that no one cared. It still had the lowest series viewership and they, like, really pushed, like, oh, he grabs him by the neck. And nobody cared. Nobody tuned in. What does that say about when they actually fight? Could grab him by the throat again. Grab by the throat. Bulldog <laughs> choke him. Um, you mean rape or choke him? I did mean that. Um, it could be either, really. I don't really care Sorry if you way. got triggered. By Bulldogs trigger people? Yes. Um, no, I I actually am excited for this season. Um the quality of the fighters has only gotten better. I would like to see the redemption. I mean, it's it's kind of weird because the, the redemption, are they as good as the up-and-coming guys? I don't know. But um, 
But are these guys all far enough into their career that they're fighting not to lose rather than fighting to win? I don't care. I, I don't really care about the not to whatever thing that like not to lose from any sport. There's still for people fighting. I, I don't think so. I mean, most, I mean, some of them. Yeah. But if you back up most dogs against the corner, they're going to fight their way out and they're all up against a corner right now. They may just be too old. I don't know. I, I still think that's a good enough storyline, but um, I'm more interested in just the Dillashaw Garbrandt, just drama. If I'm getting into the drama of the of the MMA right, world right now, apart from maybe Cormier and Jones, um, just straight MMA because we're always going to have drama with Connor. What yeah. other drama is there? Heavyweight, there's nothing. Biz being in the entire freaking middleweight division, but it's not playing out at all. Not middleweight, yeah, middleweight division. No, um, it's not. He's filming some B class movie and not fighting anybody. Biz Bings will be filming B class movies. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, one fifty five, no real drama. Um, Aldo Holloway's been a little bit crazily of crazily quiet. Nothing at the one forty five featherweight women's division. Um, nothing at the one thirty five women's division that's really moving the needle. Joanna Andrade, Andrade or whatever her name is. Danny said it's pronounced two different ways. I don't know. He said it's a specific way for him because he's not trashy. But um, <laughs> and uh, no, yeah, I, I don't. I, I that's the, the Jones Cormier and th- this fight are really the only thing that are moving the needle right now. I can agree with that. Um, Tyron Woodley. Apparently, there's a rumor that he'll be fighting Nick Diaz. Again, another right. rumor. Yeah, I think it's just a rumor. Um, I hope pick, so. I don't want to see that. It picked up on one of those really like trashy, clickbaity UFC start pages. One of those. They seem to do real well. It's really easy. All you yeah, have to do is do pick somebody's name and put them next to Conor McGregor or a Diaz brother, and you get all kinds of clicks. And you have to have a catchy title, zappy. Just snappy. all you have to do is Conor comes, Diaz comes back against Conor, or Diaz comes back against Woodley. Or Connor comes back against Mayweather. Or Connor to one seven. You won't believe what Thug he's scheduled to fight. Yeah, something like that. That one would too. Let that dog in. He wants to hang out. He does. He's putting his little nose in here. His tongue too. Um he's looking the air. Uh the other thing I was just reading is according to Dana White in an interview which I have not watched, um reading here on Fox Sports. They chose to Deny a $5 billion offer to sell for $4 billion to WME because they had more vision for the organization and would see the UFC continue to succeed from now into the future. Which, it's completely legit. Um, except for like a month before, he's like, we're not selling. <laughs> well, he had to. Yeah. Le- legality No NDAs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which makes you wonder who leaked it, right? Only Ariel knows. Mm-hmm. Ariel and his rat. The nose knows. The nose knows is not the place to go. Um, and by the way, it was the lowest. The 25 debut was the lowest. Are you reading it on Reddit? Um, Reddit? I am reading it on bjpen.com. Oh, which also doesn't mean that it means 3,700,000 3, viewers. 307? 370,000. I wonder what the highest rating one was. Oh, it was Kimbo Slice, and I think I think it got quite a bit. Remember freaking Tough Ten or Tough? Yeah, right. It was absolutely awful. 
They're asking for the eulogy of the of tough. The tough eulogy. I think as a brand, you can't do away with it. Um, I mean, I, I think it's still doing well in Brazil and Latin America, right? Well, you could easily make a, a tough Singapore. I mean, that was the plan. It was going to be like tough China, tough Korea, tough. And then they were just going to show them all on Fight Pass. And that's how they were going to find new talent is just by going around the world and doing tough tournaments. And I think that would be solid. And I think there's enough people that you could pull from one and different other places. I mean, there's not a, a lot of like, say, Filipino or Chinese. South Koreans have done pretty well, but not in like droves. Um, but you... Just the Korean zombies done good. Just him. <laughs> and Don Young Kim. But I mean, if you were to pay these guys $1,000 per win. Laying on a fence and getting punched in the face by Carlo Condit isn't Carlos Condit is not good. He got his foot stuck. It's not his fault. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he got, his foot was the farthest of his body <laughs> from the cage. <laughs> You're like bent over like oddly backwards, man. Yeah. That poor dude. That was such a weird thing, man. I just there's been some nasty freaking knockouts in the UFC. I that just makes watched me feel the top bad for ten and I don't like him. Is Terry Adams still number one? Oh, no, it was top 10 for this year. Oh. For Santos like wasn't... 17 already? Somebody did it one for 17. Oh, geez. Um, Santos wasn't number one. That was a spinning back hill. Perry's wasn't number one either. Uh, Adams wasn't... Or, excuse me, Barbosa's wasn't number one. The knee? The knee was... Like, none of those were number one. Then what was number one? Um, was it some other promotion? I don't even remember now. <laughs> it wasn't even good. It was an right. overhand right. You bring it to the table. And it, then... was an, it was a, a black gentleman... Mm-hmm. With red hair, it was in the style of a mohawk. Uh, I was uh, Diek, Mark. Let me finish. Diekesi, Diekesi, Dieki? Diekesi, Diekesi. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, he's British. Um, well, all it was was an overhand right. Um, well, the rest of the fight was actually really good. He ran in there and threw a bunch of knees and and it, show it. It was knockouts. They, they should have. It was because that whole fight was really good. That's the other person they want Mike Perry to fight is that dude. Mm, I don't think it's the same fight fight we're thinking of. Yeah. I don't think so though, because it was they. He looked small. I'll even find it. He and Show you, but um, the thing is, is Santos, Edom. Why do I keep saying Edom? Barbosa mm-hmm. or uh, Mike Perry are Bone the best knockouts crusher. so far. Bone Crusher. He fights at one fifty four. Yeah, he's too small. He just beat Timu Pakalan. That's it. That's the one they gave. 30 seconds. This doesn't look like him, but this is him. Mark, M-A-R-C-D-I-A-K-I-E-S-E. Diakese, however it is. And he's awesome. I'd like to see him against Yair Rodriguez. But Yair Rodriguez is 145, so I guess that wouldn't happen either. We'd have to have him fight someone a lightweight. But, yeah, he has looked, he has looked good. Yeah, man. That's all I got. Anything else coming up? I mean, the next car, but we got next week to talk about that. Okay, well, we'll save it for then. I don't. I don't see much about uh, about Connor. Oh, I can. What about Ronda engaged? Oh my! Oh yeah, goodness. did they actually get engaged? They did. Steve Bolsay versus Jared Canyonier, tough twenty-five finale. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be a Canyonier. Yeah, man, I think that's about it. GSP's sizable belly because he's saying he's got intestinal swelling. Can we talk about how good May's going to be? We got Ver- we got Dos Santos versus Mayochik, and then 
that's obviously a pay-per-view. But then we get Gustafson versus Teixeira yeah. on FS1. Why FS1? Who because cares? no no one else is on the card? No, like, I think it's because it's a 1 p.m. card. It's in Stockholm. Oh, it's in Sweden. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I, I actually, I mean, let's see what else this card looks oh, like. Des- this is not coming oh, up Des- for another Mir. month. But we've got, yeah, you got it. Sobata, Meek versus Talib. They're just a bunch of foreigners. Hermanson versus Nicholson. Nicholson's back? I thought that dude was on freaking... He was the one that was booted for freaking domestic abuse. So it must the the, the uh, charges must not have gone through. Um, yeah, these are a bunch of foreigners. Yeah, except for Chris Camozzi, who has to travel all over the world. Poor guy. Ben Saunders. Marcin Held's on the freaking early prelims. Poor guy. Um, How far he's fallen. This Yeah, this... Uh, no wonder that it's free now that I look at the rest of the card. Emil Meek. It's a bunch of foreigners. I actually like all of them. Nordin Talib, I really like. Um, Talib. I'll, I'll watch it because oh, it's Sunday at 1 p.m. I won't be watching it. Chances are my wife and I will. Pre- oh, no, we'll be in Cuba. We'll be on our way back. You're that much closer to Sweden. You should just make the trip. <laughs> We're right below Florida. We're right below closer. Florida. <laughs> We're nowhere near. June 3rd. I didn't say near. I said closer. Yeah, man. They've got some good ones coming up. You want to know what the best part about this is? Yes. There's two cards in May and there's two cards in June as of right now. Wait, no, never mind. June's bigger than See, that. See, I can get behind that. I can watch uh, those. Now there's four. four. Home versus Kohea is actually going to happen in Singapore, they're saying. I don't like that. I want her to lose. What a dumb card. And then Kiesa versus Kevin Lee in Oklahoma City. Weren't they just in Oklahoma? I don't think so. Kansas City. They've just been going all over the place. I was thinking Kansas City. So May, there's only two cards. June, there's four cards. And then July will have a lot because... It's too many. July 7th, July 8th, and then July 16th. Well, that's the International Fight Week is when Jones fights Cormier, right? Probably, yeah. I assume they'll try to get GSP still on on Michael Bisbee somewhere in there. Or anybody in Finally? Ugh. Let's hope any of those guys actually fight ever. But with that being said, unless you've got something else you'd like to add in, we will give you guys 15 minutes, well, 14 minutes of your lives back. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at OneSpeedMMA. You can get our picks, and you can come and chat with us. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.